This is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcasts Network, showcasing conversations with Chicago's creative communities and professional industries. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast back in 2023, new location, doing this at 21C Museum Hotel in Chicago. Uh, shout out 21C Hotels for having us here. And uh, starting the year off, I am here with Claude Simeus. Am I saying that right? Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being here, man. We had a, a nice little kind of pre-chat before the mics turned on. You got here early, which I appreciate. Sometimes people kind of come in like two minutes before the mics go on. And I'm like, <laughs> um, but I appreciate the promptness. So, man, how are you doing tonight? How is the new year treating you? Uh, doing good. Um, uh, let's see. The new year. The new year shooting me well. I feel like it's starting starting a little bit intense work-wise, uh, which is good. It's fine. Um, but overall, very blessed. Like, can't complain. Um, things are really good on my end. You work with, you're the director of platform yep. at P33 Chicago. We're going to talk all about that, what that means, what you do. But, you know, we always start the podcast when someone's on here for the first time asking like, you know, how did you get into what you're doing? So how did you break into the tech industry, Chicago tech, bring us into kind of your origin story? Yeah, I had like a, a very early start. I started when I was like probably 18 or 19, but like in high school, I started like I got interested into tech early on and then I started reaching out to, you know, CEOs and VCs because I didn't know anyone because I'm, I'm originally from Haiti. So I came here when I was like, well, I was in seventh grade when I came here in 2010. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, after a few years being here, I was like, man, like the tech industry is very interesting for a few reasons. Like I've always been like in love with building things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was randomly, I was like on Haiti's national robotics team when I was like in fifth grade. Um, or like we traveled actually to Atlanta to be part of like the robotics world cup. So I was been interested in tech, but also like always been interested in like, um, the idea of building something from scratch and also an industry where you can have some level of financial freedom quicker than other places. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it makes a real difference. And I, I want to touch on a lot of things you just yeah. mentioned, but it's like, I think so often when it comes to like creative industries, especially there's sort of this stigma where it's like, you're not supposed to want that. Like, yeah. And it might be different in some industries now, but it's like, there's a stigma sort of with being like, yeah, I want to have financial security. Yeah. I want to have money to be able to like treat myself. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So something you mentioned though, just a moment ago that I think is very interesting is like, it sounds like you're saying that you were just, you know, getting your foot in the door in tech by just sending out emails, just kind of like doing cold contacts. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't know, like, I didn't know anybody when we came here. So I'd wake up on like Monday mornings like Google, who are the top CEOs or VCs in Chicago, and literally cold email of them. And thankfully, a lot of them said yes. And like cold emails were not great. <laughs> and I'm looking back, a lot of them were pretty cringy and kind of bad. But um, a lot of them said yes and kind of met up, you know, like I'm this 15, 16 year old kid trying to get mentorship. And a lot of people were gracious enough to give me another time. And a lot of these people now are good friends and um, you know, people I chill with and people has been instrumental in my career for, you know, since the beginning. So, but it really started literally just like cold emailing people to get a few minutes of their time. I love that because I think it's so valuable. The idea that like, you can be someone who's a teenager, you can be someone who's new to the country or just not part of the industry you want to work in yet. And you just never know who might change your life by like sending them a DM on Instagram, sending them a message on LinkedIn. You don't know until you try. And I think it's very easy to sit at home and be like, 
this person's never going to respond to me. This person doesn't want to hear from me, but it's like, you got to shoot your shot. You get to. worst thing it's saying is no, or they don't respond at all. We're right. Like, it is, Which like, it's, then it's you're in the same place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you have to lose? You know, going off that I'm, I was looking at your LinkedIn earlier and it's like, it looks like a lot of your early experience in your career, you know, it's listed as being a founder, like talk about kind of what your aspirations were and how you were developing your, your kind of tech profile early on. Yeah, a lot of failed projects. None of them worked out in the end. But it's that um, learning experience, yeah, though, a lot of good learning experiences. But so post high school, so I didn't go to college because I've always wanted to just like go at it right after high school, just not wait for another four years. So I started a company post high school, which was like this tool, this web service where you're able to order a mechanic on demand, come fix your car if, oh. you, if you own a fleet of vehicles. So like those like B two B kind of kind of mm-hmm. platform. But then an angel investor back me, Brian Lorson, and it's kind of the person who I always credit to like in my first shot in my career. And that's someone I'm forever going to be grateful for. Invest in the company. And then after the company was not really doing well, um, he's like, yo, like I just started my own company and I really just raised, I think at that point it was really like half a million dollars for it. It's like, why don't you just come and just work for me and uh, be a you know growth product manager, which I didn't even know what that meant at the time. So I'm like, Sure. I have a salary now and yeah. it's like 19 years old. So, uh, you know, let's do this thing. And the company was literally like just like three of the co-founders at the point. So I was like first employee. And then we got to the Y Combinator. So I moved to West Coast to be part of that. But like my real, my start was just like Brian investing in my own company and then joining his company. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, what launched everything. And you're getting that hands-on experience at like college. And I mean, I, I taught college. College is great. Uh, for a lot of people, but I, I was the same way. I like did some college, then I was like, I just would rather go do the thing. Yeah. And you were gaining the experience that oftentimes college is preparing people for. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, doesn't mean it was easy. like none of it was easy, right? Oh, but I'm like, sure. Um, but you know, I just was just so laser focused into like where I wanted to be. But I think also like I was very, I'm very grateful for my parents because they're very supportive. Um, you know, with with the routes that I take, even though. It was risky at the at the time, and yeah, I'm sure for them it was kind of like, yo, I don't know how this is gonna work out, but um, but I'm glad that I had their support. And yeah. yeah, and that's not always the case, man. A lot of times, a lot of people's parents are not super keen on something that's a big question mark, right? You know what I mean? Especially maybe in like a new country where you don't know anyone in those industries. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, I was so very grateful for that. But you know, shout out to Brian and um, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Now you're, I feel like very embedded and knowledgeable and kind of, you know, plugged into the tech scene in Chicago. The tech scene in Chicago has been, you know, it's had ups and downs and it's a different kind of scene and it's a different kind of industry and community than like San Francisco Mm -hmm. or Miami, like, or what identifies, you know, Chicago's tech scene versus other cities. Yeah, I think we're very collaborative. It's rare that someone is out of reach here in Chicago. And the people that are, who are like, you know. It's all right, but <laughs> uh, but it's rare that you find someone that's out of reach. So it's like some they're very collaborative. Like people are always willing to help people come up. So I think that's one thing. The collaboration. I think the other side is there's also the the type of businesses that are built here. Mostly they tend to be very B two B and very mm-hmm. and like in the essential industries. So think supply chain, healthcare. It, it's it, not like as sexy as like Miami. It's not as sexy and it's as not Miami. as flush with endless cash is like san francisco right so it's yeah. um you know like it's it would pretty it would be pretty hard to build a snapchat here for example right so i think that's one of the just like very b2b kind of SaaS focused city i think it's one i think the other side 
also is that just the grit, I think, of building here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, simply shoot like Chicago founders don't give up. So that's a good thing. I think, but I think on the other side, it's like also we are missing like very early capital. We want investors to be more risky and, um, you know, not just invest in, you know, the 40 something who was just VP at some big company and now starting to try to start something. But like, you know, the potential, like the 23 year old who has this idea, you know, they don't know if it's going to work out, but like, they, but you never know. They need capital for a couple of years to test it out. And yeah. I think that's where we're missing. That's why one of the things we're missing, like early capital when there's, you know, when there's barely any product or any traction um, and for just people to take a shot on people here. Yeah. And people who can see where something could go. Yes. They right. see what it's going to be, even if it's not that today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that's one thing. But I think overall, it's just, um, I think it tends to be very welcoming and very inclusive. I think like some article that we're reading recently said like, when it comes to funding, there's like this is like the most inclusive city when it comes to funding for underrepresented founders. So that's something we should be really proud of. Um, so there's a lot of proud of things to be proud of in this city yeah. um, for what we're building here. What year did you kind of really get your foot in the door here? Oh man, when I start, I think there's a difference between like when I started trying and then when like I started popping up. I think like most people probably know me uh, post COVID, but I started like putting my foot on the door probably 2014, 2013, even. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's Early. like a good amount. Of, that's a decade now. Yeah, almost. How have you seen like the culture and the way things work here or maybe the goals of the kind of tech space in Chicago change over that time? I think that for the first few years of like probably 2014 to like COVID-ish time, like I was still not as embedded as I am now. But I think from afar in the beginning, I think the type of founders are very different now. Um, usually it was your typical, basically your typical white guy who's just like starting something. And then like your typical investors that would back something like that. I think also the investor profiles have changed a lot. If you look at funds like, um, starting line with my friend Ezra and you know, and all these people, my friends like M25, Chingona Ventures, um, Lofty Ventures, um, Off Center that just got started, Long Jump. I think the profile of people of how they look like, what their backgrounds are that are backing the companies are very different now. Those emerging uh, venture managers. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different. I think like the big money venture funds still look the same as 2015. But I think these emerging funds are will change the game over the next um over the next decade. I think it's one of the big big changes, like who is who are doing the things. I think also the faces have changed. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at who are the quote unquote faces of Chicago tech, um, if you look at what is this year and compared to 2016, very different. I think when it comes to the types of companies, you know, the typical B2B companies are still mostly getting funded. But I think there's a there's a few that have popped out that, you know, Cameo is probably the best example of that. Yeah, I think that's um, the big one in yeah. recent years that like a lot of people can point to. Right. You know, yeah. but certainly that's not everything that's happening here. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some more. Um, but then you have companies like Ripley, for example, that's tackling um, system, the sustainability issues, um, you know, tackling climate change with Gary Cooper. No, that's a, that's a that's an amazing company that's being funded here as well. Um, I think recently just raised twenty million dollars. So I think like those are the those are the changes that you know. I, I also think like the types of people that are engaging the city government mm-hmm. have also changed. Like if you look at the private dinners with the, you know, whether it's with the mayor or the governor, I think the faces that are in those kind of exclusive um, gatherings have, have changed a bit, which is which is a good thing. 
So kind of switching gears here, like if somebody is following you on Twitter, maybe they find you on LinkedIn or they see you at a, you know, uh, one of the talks you give, which we're going to talk about in a moment, like if they're young, if they're new, if they're not in tech, like what advice would you give to someone or to young you if, if you were trying to break in today in 2023 in Chicago? To my younger self, I'd probably keep, <laughs> say keep doing the same thing you're doing. Because, <laughs> but I think like right now, just build relationships. Yeah, that's something I talk about a lot. It's like build relationships, and I don't mean networking. I think networking is very transactional. Where, um, what can you do for me? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's something I felt too. Like early, early on when I was going to networking events, I was I'd, I'd sometimes feel pretty crappy, like pretty crappy or shitty. I don't know if people sure. Afterwards, you just be like, man, like no one talks to you because you're, you know, you can't really provide anything to anyone yet. And that's really like what encouraged me to just like reaching out to people cold. It's like, okay, let me not just go to these events. I mean, just go to the top people and just reach out to them directly. Yeah. So I think like focus on building relationships because what I believe it's like, don't get to know people for who they are, get to know them for what they're getting paid to be. Like I'm getting paid to be the director of platform at P33. I'm not getting paid to be Claude, right? So I'm going to be Claude for the rest of my life. I mean, I'd be at P33 for the rest of my life, right? So to get to know people, like, truthfully, and, like, build genuine friendships, not just, like, blah, 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 relationships, LinkedIn connections, but, like, sure. genuine friendships. And friendships are not built at tech events. They're not built on LinkedIn. They're not built on Instagram. They're not built on Twitter. They're built like this whether it's over coffee, over dinner, you know, over a game of basketball or something, you know, whatever it happens to be. So I think the core of everything I'm saying, just like build relationships because, you know, this idea that like there's income inequality and wealth inequality and all that's true. But I think like the bigger issue is actually inequality of access. Yeah. And the core of access relationships, relationships make the world go round. If you want things to go fast for you, it's good to know the right people in the right places and for the right people in the right places to know you. So I think it's just, and, and in order for that to happen, you have to make friendships. So much of what you're saying, man, it's like, it's so dead on. And I keep thinking while you were talking, I was thinking just about like the pandemic and the, you know, the time that we weren't having these face-to-face dialogues and there weren't gatherings in person. And, you know, there was the zoom stuff, which it worked in a pinch during that yeah. time, but you're right. There's no substitute for like the face-to-face engagement and what that really means when you actually have a, a real sit down and get to know somebody. Right. And during the pandemic, you could have used also like, you know, the the lockdown as a way to actually reach out to a lot of people because everyone, what the lockdown did is that there was the ultimate equalizer. Yeah. No matter who you are, whether you are the president of the United States or uh, some college sophomore somewhere, Everyone was locked down. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone could catch COVID. Everyone was bored. Yeah. Uh, in their <laughs> right. home, right? So yeah. it's like, it was actually the perfect time to actually reach out to people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, what else are you going to be doing? Watching Tiger King in the last dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> Watching their groceries. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. So that's actually a pretty good time. But then um, to reach out to people. But then I think, you know, there's nothing deeper than just like, because I never give friends you're talking about how's work and things like that. But like, here's my card. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. like, you know, talking about like, you know, how's life going? How are your kids doing? Like, where do you go on vacation? Why do you choose that spot and stuff like this? Right. Far more interesting things about someone's identity than just like what they do from nine to five. So just get to know people. And Chicago, you know, and I want to talk about P33 in a minute, but it's like yeah. Chicago's great like you're saying in terms of like 
the accessibility issue that exists in a lot of industries, and certainly tech is no exception. Chicago, if you really get embedded in Chicago, if you put in the work to like be part of the ecosystem here, and I don't just mean tech, I just mean any of the industry in Chicago, any of the communities in Chicago, this is a large city with small networks. It's a big, small town. Right. Like people know each other here. So if you're doing the work, if you're showing up to places, if you're getting in front of people, if you're doing live talks, if you're doing the work, people are going to get to know you real quick. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, It's a big, small town. Like, you'd be surprised, like, how many people you meet. You're like, oh, damn. Like, oh, I know this person, this person. I'm just like, like, gossiping is never a good thing. And especially (laughs) not a good thing here. Yeah. Because someone's going to know someone. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So uh, so that's a tip there. All right. So let's talk about P33. You are, you know, working with P33, Director of Platform. Bring us into what this company does and what your role entails there. Yeah. That's always... (laughs) That's always... uh, the, it's such a like my role is so fluid and like I do so much like different things, but I'm gonna try. So P33, so P33 is this org that started to essentially propel Chicago into like the next big tech hub. And it kind of has the goal of doing that by 2033. Like when people ask what the P stands for, I don't know. But I was I would say Pippin 33, but that's sure. A <laughs> uh, that's a joke. Um yeah, so like we do a lot of work um around and like it's such a small and nimble team, but like we do so much. It's actually such an interesting team to work with because like the diversity of like talents and just brain power is like amazing, right? So it's like we do a lot around like talents. Um, so like helping big companies and smaller companies acquire more talents here in Chicago. So we work a lot of like with the universities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a, a deep tech person who focuses a lot on like life sciences, quantum, and like how can Chicago be the next sorry quantum is just like that's a whole yeah it's a whole other whole other thing happening here yeah Uh, sorry but go on right and then you know you have our you know our impact department with matt like he focuses a lot on like all the work that we're doing like how is it impacting the city but also what else could we be doing and what those and forecasting what those impact could be and then you have marketing which is the team i work in and then you know when we focus we tend to focus on our regional priorities too which is you know electric vehicles life sciences sustainability I'm probably missing a couple, but yeah, so we do a lot and that's, I think it's like 12 people or like 13 people. A like lot for 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we also have a founder team. I forgot that, which is like a lot of like around working with founders. So we have TechRise, which is this program where we invest like 25 to $50,000 into underrepresented company every Friday and we wow. take no equity. Huge. Yeah. No equity. Um, so we just like give them the money essentially. We, this is TechRise pitch competition. Every Friday it happens. And then in the end of the year, um, we have the TechRise finale where we donate $100,000. So this last year we had, we donated to a company, I think it was Smart Charts, I think. They're the one that won the 100 grand. And then we had Twista performing at the after party. It's amazing. <laughs> and this uh, this sounds like yeah. life-changing opportunities. Like sure. we're talking about underrepresented communities, you know, founders and creators who haven't been able to break into spaces, haven't been yeah. able to get the funding recognition that they that they need. Moves like this, it changes the tech and and a lot of other industries where it's not just predominantly white, yeah, older. You know, it, it's it doesn't look like what it's looked like for a long time. For sure, yeah, yeah. and and that's what gets me really excited about the role. Um, and then my job is you know, as director of platform. Like I always say, like I, it's about creating network effects. 
Um, so I do a lot around like our events, you know, a lot of the events I got played pretty big role in. And then my main product, Tech Chicago Week, which started last year, going to do it again this year, which is kind of like my dream of having of Chicago to have its own South by Southwest. So focus a lot on that. And just like, I think also just bringing the culture into our tech ecosystem. So however I can do that. Yeah. But it also involves like, you know, you know, setting up dinners with investors and, and founders. And my role is interesting because like it never actually stops, I feel like. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It sounds like a for all the different elements you're describing of your role. Yeah. It sounds like being a connector right, is a very common yeah. thorough yeah. line through everything you're doing. Yeah. It's not a traditional nine to five. Like, I mean, yes, technically it's nine to five, but like if it's 7 p.m. and I'm hanging out Soho, for example, and then just like I meet a founder, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, dude, like hit me on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me yeah. On Monday. We're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about what you're working on, you know? So it's like, it's, um, it's a very front facing role, um, which is great. And uh, yeah, so I get to meet, I get to hang with some great people. You're doing all this work with P33. What attracted you to working with them? Like what made you decide, like, you know, now I've got some experience in tech. This is the direction I want to go in. And this is the um, team I want to do it with. Do you, want, do you want the real story? Sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things actually was not part of the plan. You know, and oftentimes those pivots are, you know, end up being far more than you could expect. I was, you know, as a product manager, so I've been a product manager, you know, from my, you know, from the beginning of my career. So I, lastly, I was product manager at Active Campaign, which is like a, a big marketing software company here in Chicago. So I was leading the mobile app product. So that was my main product I was working on. But then l- last year, I was at a, my friend's birthday party who she's uh, an executive at P33. She's a chief innovation officer. She's a good friend of mine. So I had a birthday party in February and we're just talking about like about the future and like what, what I want to do next and stuff like that. I've been feeling like it would be great to go back to a smaller team, mainly because I've always been used to being like a small team and um, and like AC was like over a thousand people. So for me, that was big. And when you're on a smaller team, of course, you can play a bigger role. And it yeah. sounds like that's what you're, that's what you're after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, um, and yeah, and then she's like, you know, what about P33? I was like, I don't know. Like, it's a nonprofit. I've never worked on a nonprofit before. I've always been about, I've been, been building products and software, uh, just not my world at all. But she's, you know, she's a force and she's like, you know, one of the best people our ecosystem has to offer. And yeah, I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll entertain. And I had a chat with her a few days later when, you know, everyone was sober <laughs> because that was like a late night conversation. Like, right, know, right. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed this trick. Like, hey, does yeah. that, is that offer so good? <laughs> right, right. Was yeah. that real? <laughs> yeah. And then I met some of the executives and the CEO and a few other people there. And just like, it was like the perfect opportunity. I mean, I uh, ended up joining in April. And then right after that, um, still working on Tech Chicago Week. Yeah. And let's talk about that because it feels like the event space and the hosting live interviews, booking talent, all these things. It, it sounds like that's really core, like for what gets you excited about these roles. So talk about Tech Week, what we can look, I know you can't announce specifics, but like yeah. when that generally is happening and what the goal of an event like that is. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be the week of July 10. Last year was like kind of the inaugural, the inaugural year. Um, some of the people we had, like Christy Ross, who started um, Tasty Trade, the founding CEO of the Obama Foundation, David Seamus. Um, we had the governor, J.B. Pritzker, and um, and then Pusha T uh, performing at the last after party. And, you know, and, and like these names sound very random, right? Because you have a tech founder, the CEO of the Obama Foundation, the governor, 
and Pusha T sure in the same headline <laughs> you know but that's like a huge I mean that's a yeah. huge get and we were right. talking off mic about how like Chicago over the years and I feel like especially in the last decade or so has tried in different capacities to sort of do something equivalent to a South by Southwest and and you know there have been really great efforts made but nothing has really like taken hold the yeah. way that like South by Southwest has right. in Austin or like you know Art Basel or something like that so we Chicago you know we have the festival scene we have restaurant week we have a lot of great things here but we haven't had a like comparable industry conversation and party and event sort of like yeah activation like that yeah you know? I'm trying to change that and that's in the, you know all the things you said yeah those are kind of like the inspirations for yeah um, just want that week to be people's calendars are filled and just feel like then the city is coming alive I think the closest thing to that we have is Lala where you have you know a bunch of bands and people travel from all over the world to come here um, I think we can do the same with the tech ecosystem and get the corporate side of our city involved but then also it's just like using everything that makes our city great and leveraging all of those you know cultural artifacts because like say Chicago itself has like immense cultural relevance right. all over the world like yes. you go to Europe like you see people wearing like Bulls jerseys and Cubs yeah. hats and things like that like, and and they you know, know who Chance the Rapper is right. and they know who Smashing Pumpkins are and they Hello you Dark know or G Herbo or any of these sure. yeah if you're a comedy nerd you know what Second City you is. know exactly you know yeah. yeah so it's like yeah in Chicago we have all this that the city has created and all this talent that has come from the city but there's not always the ecosystem that supports that, that showcases it. And then we lose talent across a lot of industries yeah. to other cities. 100%. So I love that you're doing this to elevate what's happening in Chicago because we need more of that. Because otherwise, yeah, talent has to go elsewhere. Because they're like, yeah. look, I'm not getting recognized. I'm not getting funding. I'm not getting opportunities out here that I need. Yeah, we have to do a better job as a city, but mostly as a tech ecosystem, just bragging on ourselves. Like we tend to be like the Midwest, like mentality, just like heads down focus. Oh, like, shucks. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just building. And that's a good attribute, but then there's a, it's a spectrum. Like you can't entirely be that all the time. Like you have to, you don't have to be Miami because Miami, so mostly it's all bragging, right? Right. I was, as you were saying this, right. I was like, and then on the other end, the right, spectrum, right. like there's Miami. Yeah. Uh, but there's somewhere in the middle where like it makes sense. And, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to find the right balance. You know, what are your predictions for the new year? Where do you see things going for the city's, you know, startups and founders in 2023 in Chicago? Yeah, I think we're just going to see in like the quarter, the second quarter to probably third to fourth quarter, even like later in the year, a lot of new companies being popped up, you know, just personally from my own network. I just know like a few people that are building companies right now, but like they haven't talked about it yet. I think that's one. And then you know, part of the reason also is just like after a lot of layoffs like this, people tend to take a hard look at, you know, their lives and be like, you know, maybe this is the right time to just like take on that risk that I've been always that I was thinking about. And I think a lot of people were already sort of in that mindset yeah. coming out of COVID too. Right. So right. in general, I think we're in a window where this year and the years that have preceded it, people have been thinking like, shit, life is short. Like what else do I want to do? Yeah. And you'll see it like an increased investment. I mean, for the past, like in December, there was like two new venture funds alone that, uh, that announced in the city. Um, off center and 81 collection. So you'll see a lot more investments, I feel like, into new startups. But I think the biggest one is probably like with this down tech downturn that we're feeling, you know, investors are going back to like the fundamentals of like mm -hmm. if you're building a company, like what are unit unit economics look like, like what are user retentions? And we're going back to the metrics and going back to the basics. I think that's what investors are looking for now in this new downturn that we're experiencing. But remember, Chicago's always been on that 
Chicago's always been about those things. Right. Um, but like if you listen to like coastal VCs, they're like, whoa, like, you know, $20 million valuation pre-seeds are not happen are not gonna happen anymore. So I think like as investors are looking now for more like stable and more predictable and more, you know, down to the basics kind of um business models. Um, I think Chicago is you know a great spot to look for that because you know, Chicago's always been about, you know, that, you know, that motion. Now in Chicago as an industry, as a as a community, as as a people, we're scrappy. Yeah, we can scrappy. make yeah. more happen with less. So if there's less funding, if there's less, you know, any of that stuff coming in, there are going to be people who are hungry and are like, I will find a way to make this work. Yeah. I've got a vision for this idea and I'm going to bring it to life. Before we let you go, man, like any companies, any founders, like anyone you feel like people should know about that might not be on people's radars yet. Yeah, my friend Ken Clay from Foodie is building kind of like a new social network around food. When you go online, I say, you know, I'm going to X city, like, where should I eat? It's a um, great idea. Yeah. So just, you know, you go on that app, Foodie, and you see recommendations from other people for that city and like where, you know, kind of how the rating, you know, what their experience was and stuff like that. Just like kind of build a community literally around food. Like I'm a big, I'm a big foodie. Like I eat out like all the time. So, um, so I think like Ken is building, building something at school. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, this was great. I love this chat. I would love to have you back on the podcast later on. Check in with what you're doing, man, and definitely hit some of the events up. No, I appreciate it. Sure. Week of July 10. I'm really trying to put like the greatest tech week of any city of anywhere in the world. And like, I, this is not a hyperbole. I'm not trying to hype it up. Like, this is the work I'm really trying to do. So, like, you, you showed me some names I won't name. Yeah. In your phone that you're like trying to get this person and might get this person. And like, you're not bullshitting here. Yeah. Like, you're, you're working on some stuff. So, I love it. Uh, Claude Simeus. Director of Platform at P33 Chicago. Man, this was excellent. This is our first time sitting down. I love this. Thank you so much for taking time Thank and starting you, the year off here on the podcast with me. Man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. 21C Chicago. Uh, check them out. Located in River North. Incredible, not only hotel, but also two-floor art museum that anyone can come check out at any time. You do not have to be a guest of the hotel to come check out all of the incredible art here, Google 21C Hotel Chicago. You'll find it very cool location. Very excited to do the podcast here. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at dynastypodcasts.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.